0: Thank you. Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Daily Competitive Hedge podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterill, and this show is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from yesterday's games and wagers before diving into today's betting plays, and we're going to give a full disclosure off the top. We are doing a show today with no official betting plays at the end of it, and it's simply... Preseason NHL action and MLB is not where we are looking to put our money, but we are going to look at yesterday's games. Also look forward to NFL lines and then some early EPL lines as well. We haven't seen EPL in a number of weeks now, and there is some great value there that we want to jump on some of these early lines, and we're going to chat about them in a little bit. So our episode today is brought to you by our sponsor, bet 99 Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports to bet on the website, and Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. Their mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS to get started, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age. It is available to persons in Ontario only, and if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario at one 866 531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. We're all about safe gambling here at the competitive hedge podcast. So let's start out by talking about yesterday's results. We had a two and two day yesterday minus 0.19 units. So took a little bit of a loss yesterday, but for the month we are up big. So not too concerned about yesterday's plays. The Portugal and Spain one was a bit of a tough result. Uh, we had the both teams to score at minus 125 and unfortunately we even talked a buddy of ours out of taking Spain money line at plus 200 and Spain goes on and they win this matchup one to nil thanks to a Marata goal in the 89th but shocking lineup that Spain put out there no Asensio they brought him on later on and just a very young Spanish side right now it's not a team that I believe in heading into that World Cup but uh, Ronaldo started for Portugal as well that's why it was tough to see them not score in this game but we missed nonetheless with a 1-0 result we also did Ukraine and Scotland both teams to score and neither team decided to score because it was a 0-0 result uh, 20 shots on goal for the two teams combined no goals and so what are you going to do this was a game that we probably should have seen coming the last time these two met up It was 0-0 heading into about the 70th minute before it became 3-0, so that's on us. But we did have a couple winners yesterday, starting with Switzerland Moneyline at minus 137 in Nations League action. They took care of business, winning 2-1. Fruller and Mbolo scored in the 29th and 30th minute, so a couple of quick ones there. And then Peter Schick in the 45th. He made it close 2-1, but they held on for the result. And then Greece Moneyline versus Northern Ireland at plus 108. This one was relatively easy, uh, was never truly concerned about it, even when it was all tied up. Uh, Pelkis scored in the 14th before Northern Ireland had Lavery in the 18th, uh, make it one-to-one. And then we waited another 40 minutes, and Masuris, he scored in the 55th, and then Mantolis, he had one in the 80th minute as well. So three-to-one was the result overall good day yesterday. It's unfortunate that we lose a little bit of money, but could have been a whole lot worse. And had we got that Portugal goal, we would have a completely different story to tell. Now, when we're talking about other results from Nations League action yesterday, Albania and Iceland, that was a one-to-one draw there. Serbia, they won two to nothing on the road over Norway. The Republic of Ireland, they won three to two at home versus Armenia. And then you had Sweden and Slovenia in a one-to-one game and then Kosovo in Nations League uh, C tier, they won 5-1 to one over Cyprus. Now, there was a lot of other soccer games on the slate yesterday. So many friendlies out there. Uh, it's tough to go through all of them, so we're going to key in on the couple that matter for the majority of our audience because a lot of our audience is North American. Uh, we're not even going to include Mexico in there, although they did lose to Colombia 3-2, to two, but Canada lost two to nothing yesterday to Uruguay and may seem like a disappointing result. They did give up a goal to De La Cruz in the sixth minute and Nunez in the 33rd. Uh, Only one half for Suarez played yesterday as well, but it doesn't give me a lot of concern heading into this world cup because they had 55% of the possession. They outshot Uruguay 11 to six in the game. So overall they did a good job yesterday against one of the better sides in South America. Now, I still believe that Canada heading into the World Cup, they're probably a bottom five or six team entering the tournament. But that doesn't mean that they can't get out of their group because, yes, they might be looking forward to 2026. I think they are and the Americans are. We'll touch on them in a minute here. But they have that group of Belgium, Croatia and Morocco. And I do think that it's going to be crucial for them to get a point in that game against Belgium. Uh, if they don't, then they essentially have to go out and probably beat both Croatia and Morocco. Not saying that it's not possible because Croatia is an aging side, and I do think that Canada is slightly better than Morocco, but this is a team that's looking to get World Cup experience. I think they're looking forward to 2026 because that's when they truly should be contending, and so I'm not too, too worried about this Canada side. I am worried about this American side who just drew nil-to-nil against Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia is not a great side by any means. And this American team just does looks very disjointed. Uh, attacking is sloppy right now. And so I am a bit concerned for them in their group taking on England, Iran, and Wales because yes, England isn't form, but it's still a team that went to the World Cup semifinals a couple of years ago. They were in the Euro final a couple of years ago as well. You've got Iran who I think is maybe a little bit of an underrated side and in Wales, they've still got Gareth Bale up front as well. So this is going to not be the easiest group in the world for the United States to come out of the group and the fact that they're not playing well is heading into this tournament has some cause for concern. The manager looks like he's lost the team to be honest and so we'll have to see if he can get it back on track once they get to Qatar. Now, We're not going to touch on baseball results from yesterday, uh, but we are going to touch on the fact that we learned the NHL salary cap could go up by about $10 million by 2025, 2026. So, I mean, this is a good sign for the NHL, especially on the player side of things. The fact that you have 114 NBA players right now making more money than Nathan McKinnon really goes to show just the difference in popularity for the sport. And when you look at overall, this is the fifth most popular sport in the United States. And let's face it, it shouldn't be. It's probably should be their third favorite sport because always NFL is going to win. Then NBA on top of that. But we're talking about the fact that they're behind baseball, which we deem a quote unquote dying sport. And then they're also behind MLS now who haven't even fully filled their league. They're still putting up all these expansion teams all over the place. And let's call it what it is. It's subpar soccer. And when you're looking at the broader scheme of things, it's not the Premier League. It's not La Liga. It's not Bundesliga. It's not Syria. This is a subpar soccer league that they have in the United States. And they're beating the NHL as far as popularity goes. So the NHL, yes, playing their players is great. But they need to do a bit more rebranding than that. They need to get these guys having some personality. That's what makes the NFL. That's what makes the NBA so exciting is the fact that they let their players have some personality. And I think that's what the NHL needs to do moving forward, not just having their salary cap go up so these guys get paid a little bit more. Now, yesterday we also learned uh, that Lonzo Ball, he is the latest player to have some injury concerns. Uh, It was all about Mac Jones yesterday. Today it's about Lonzo Ball because he cannot run or jump right now due to his knee injury. And this is very concerning for the Chicago Bulls. DeMar DeRozan, he only has so long left of being a really good player. He's never been a great player, but he's a really good player right now in the league. You've got Zach Levine, who's in that kind of CJ McCollum, Devin or Donovan Mitchell range of players. And that's not a great spot to be either. You got Vucevic, who doesn't play any defense, and they're paying him a decent chunk of change. And then you're now relying on Alex Caruso if Lonzo isn't good to go. So they need to figure out a way to get him healthy because if not, this is a Chicago team. I laughed a couple weeks ago when friend of the show, Cole Raines said that they may be a playing team or potentially miss altogether. That might not be a far stretch if they don't have any defense because we saw the difference in having Lonzo in that lineup for the Chicago team defensively and not having him. So Definitely some cause for concern there in Chicago, and we'll see if Lonzo can get back to 100%. I hope that he can because I love watching him play, and I think he's a great two-way player in the league. Now with that, let's head over and talk about this week's slate of games. More on the NFL. We did have a little bit of line movement yesterday, and then we're going to chat some over-unders as well. So Cincinnati, they went from minus 3.5 to minus 4. I was really hoping that I could get this moving to minus three. But clearly, a lot of people are on Cincinnati to write the ship. They're probably not big believers in Miami either. And they're expecting it to be a relatively high scoring game, given the over under here is 47. So I'm still going to wait on this one. We still have another day. I'm hoping that we can get that to a field goal. If not, I might be buying a point if I'm going to have a play there. But that's where we're at right now with the Dolphins and Bengals. Then Minnesota and New Orleans, they're holding strong at minus two and a half. This game's going to be played over in the UK. The over-under is 43 and a half. And this is a tough one for me to judge because when they typically go overseas, you get some relatively low-scoring games, pretty sloppy games as well. So I don't know if I believe in Kirk and Jameis in order to hit the over, but I could also see this being an offensive explosion. So also going to monitor the injury report there, see if Michael Thomas is playing See what's the deal with Dalvin Cook. I'm less worried about Cook because they have Madison there, though. Then the Chargers, they're holding strong at minus five. The over-under there is 44. I hate this over-under. It's not a line that I like. If it was a little bit lower, I'd take the over. And if it was a bit higher, I would take the under. But 44, you're kind of in no man's land with that line. So I'm going to stay away for now. And after how the Chargers looked last week, I think part of it was not having Herbert in the lineup but I'm not going to bet that minus five right now with how they've looked recently. Also, if they get Keenan Allen back, that would change my tune. Then you have the Bears and Giants. They're holding strong at minus three. The over-under in this game is 39. (laughs) I don't love it at all. Uh, I think that this does have potential to go over, but I just can't get myself to bet on Justin Fields and Daniel Jones to score more than 40 points in that game. Detroit, they went from minus six to minus four and a half, So. People are betting on Geno Smith and the Seahawks, who have competed relatively well in their first number of games. They could very easily be 2-1 and had things gone their way in Atlanta last week. But this over-under is at 50. They see this as a shootout-type game. I do as well. I would actually take the over here. But for now, I'm going to stay away. I think it's going to be a 28-24 type game. And so I'm going to wait, hopefully have this line come down a bit maybe even Detroit get to a minus three and a half. And then I would feel a lot better taking them. Philadelphia, they're minus six and a half versus Jacksonville at home. This one's holding strong. The over-under is 48 and a half. I, I get concerned if the Jags are for real. And so that's why I can't get myself to bet the over on this line. I have full faith that Philly could go out and score 31 points, but I'm then relying on Trevor Lawrence to at least get into the 20s. And so Uh, that's where I have a bit of a concern there, so going to monitor that line. Pittsburgh, they have held strong at minus three and a half with the Jets. I actually really like the Jets right now, and the fact that I can get it at a field goal is great. The over-under is only 40 and a half, so they are expecting a lower scoring game. I could very easily see this being 21 to 17 or 21 to 18. I'm hoping that it would be 21 to 18 if I'm on the Jets, but That's where I'm at right now with that game. Going to wait and see what the injury reports have closer to kickoff as well. Then you got Cleveland minus two taking on Atlanta. They're holding strong at minus one and a half. Sorry, it was minus two yesterday, so a half point of movement there. The over-under is 49 and a half for this game. I think a lot of people will bet Atlanta because this is – the Falcons are the Detroit Lions of last year. Everyone really wanted Detroit to be good. And so they kept betting them every week, thinking, oh, this is going to be the week that they win because they keep losing so many close games. And then it ultimately didn't happen. And so I think we're going to see that with Atlanta here. A lot of people are going to bet this. They're still going to keep saying, well, Jacoby Brissett can't win games, but he could very easily be three and oh, his Cleveland roster top to bottom is really nice. And so I'm going to stay away from this one for now. But as of right now, I think that Cleveland will take care of business on the road then Indy they have held at minus three and a half the over under is 43 there this is a gross division game I like Indy to win this game 24 to 20 so I do think that they'll win in cover right now I hope it comes down to minus three uh, or minus two and a half but I don't know if the public is going to publicly back Tennessee despite the fact they beat the Raiders last week I think Indy will get the bump beating the Chiefs Then Dallas is holding at minus three against the commanders over under is 42. I actually like Washington this week and I'm a Dallas fan. It does feel like this is one of those division games that they're going to slip up and Carson Wentz could have a good day. The over under at 42 is a worrisome one for me. If it was a bit lower, I might take the over, but for now I'm going to stay away from that stinky line. Then you have the bills. They're minus three and a half versus the Ravens on the road. They've held here pretty consistently. And so the over under is at 51 for this game. Um, I think a lot of people will back Baltimore because of the way that Lamar Jackson has played, but it's very tough to bet against the Bills. So going to wait on this one, hope that Buffalo even gets up to maybe minus four. And then I would feel a lot more comfortable taking Baltimore plus four. Then Carolina, they're now minus two. They were minus two and a half yesterday against Arizona at home. I like Arizona this week, but the over-under is 42.5, so going to wait a little bit closer. Green Bay at minus 10.5. I hope that it gets down to minus 9.5. Seriously doubt it with the fact that Brian Hoyer's going to start, but we'll wait on that line. The over-under being 40 is also concerning if Hoyer goes because he could very easily not hit double-digit points. And then the Raiders minus 2.5 versus Denver. That one's holding. 45.5 is the over-under. I can't bet the over with how Denver's offense has looked, but I do think eventually they're going to have to figure it out. I just don't know if it's going to be this week. You got Kansas City minus two and a half versus Tampa Bay. Over under is 45.5. Got to see if Godwin's going this week if I'm going to bet the over in this game, but I do think that Kansas City minus two and a half might be the play right now. And then San Fran minus two and a half, they're taking on the LA Rams. That line is holding, despite the fact that a lot of people are on the Rams. So I think Vegas knows something. As of now, I like San Fran to win that game. But we'll have to wait and see. The over-under being 42, I do lean the over there as well. But we'll wait a little bit closer to kickoff. And then to cap things off, we're going to give some early plays for Saturday's EPL slate that we're leaning right now. We are not putting these out as official plays. But they are plays where if you like the value and, and our rationale right now, Go and get them before the lines move. Starting with Tottenham, we like the double chance against Arsenal at minus 140. I think the public will see this and think all Tottenham has to do is go and get a result after a long break against, yes, it is the top of the league Arsenal side, but they are sitting third respectively. So I like Tottenham double chance at minus 140 right now. I also like Brentford and Bournemouth, both teams to score at minus 125. Brentford are the road favorites at plus 120. Bournemouth being at home at plus 233. Love this play right now. I think Bournemouth will get the home bump to score and I always will bet Brentford to score in their respect. Then I like Crystal Palace double chance against Chelsea. It's minus 112. They're plus 350 to win the game outright. I think the money line's worth a sprinkle because I'm still not a big believer in this Chelsea side yet. And Palace being at home, I think they get the bump there. No official plays right now on Fulham plus 210 versus Newcastle at plus 133. We'll wait a little bit closer to see if there's some line movement there. Liverpool are minus 275 versus Brighton at plus 700. I currently like Brighton plus one and a half at minus 120. Liverpool have not been that impressive, and they could even be sluggish after this long break. I know a lot of these players have international action, but it is tough to go from your international side back to your club having this big of a layoff. Then you have Southampton plus 116 versus Everton at plus 250. I like Everton draw no bet at plus 142. I don't believe in this Southampton side, and I think that Everton has a chance to get a road result here that we wouldn't normally see out of this Everton side. Not a big believer in them moving forward. And then the final play that we like, West Ham money line minus 108 versus Wolverhampton, who are plus 300. I hate this Wolves side. I know they're one of the best defensive sides in the Premier League, but they do not have a lot of scoring here. I think West Ham being at home, if they go and get two goals in this game, Wolves will not have the scoring in order to keep up with them. And so that would be my lean for this week. So for the first time in show history, no official betting plays for today. Just enjoy some of these games. It's just going to be MLB. There's going to be some preseason hockey. Just don't go out and chase lines today because you need something to bet on. Take the day off. Enjoy it. It's a nice Wednesday. Get ready for Thursday night football. We'll have a couple of plays ready for you there. And we'll be back tomorrow to go through the official betting lines for Thursday. Even look maybe to some college football as well for the weekend. And so we'll see you guys tomorrow for the Competitive Hedge podcast.